You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 27. I genuinely believe that the only way you can really stand out, really actually build a committed audience is if you truly embrace what makes you unique. Because we are all unique in our own way. We, we all have our own voice. We all have our own things to say. And there is space for everyone. But you're not going to get there by copying anybody else. You really have to embrace what makes you, you. And then that's what's going to make you stand out from the crowd. Welcome back to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Letitia Ringe, and this podcast is designed to inspire, empower, and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. It is such a treat to have you here as always. And whether you're new or you've been listening since day one, seriously, a really big thank you and warm welcome. Today is our first interview back for season two of the podcast. And I've been so excited to share this conversation with with you. The woman I have on today is someone who I met again through Jess Lively. I mean, it's just so incredible, all of the wonderful people I've been connected with through Jess, but really it makes perfect sense. And I just want to begin this episode by sharing this thought with you. Jess Lively was one of my most inspiring expanders when I started on my own self-discovery journey. Through her work, I've been connected with so many people. One, other teachers like Brooke Castillo, who I adore, and Elisa Vitti, who I also adore. And two, with so many like-minded and like-hearted women. Some men, but mostly women. And this has just been so wonderful. I've met so many of my clients through the community. I've met so many people that I work with through the community. I've met so many friends through the community. You know, every month I hang out with a group of people that I met through one of Jess Lively's meetups. And today, our guest, I met her at a Jess Lively meetup as well. So if you're someone who's looking for people in your life who are inspiring, expansive, and also who just get you, (laughs) I highly recommend reaching out to the people within the community of those who are inspiring you. So if you're listening to this, for example, You are a listener of the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast, and so it is very, very likely that other people within the community are going to be like-minded. It's a wonderful place to meet people. So with that said, you can always come and hang out over on Instagram, get to know some of the people within the community. We'd love to hear from you, talk about what you love from the episodes or just anything that's going on for you. Just come and hang out. It's so such a fun place to connect. You can find me at Create a Life That Is Beautiful. And 
I would love to know whether you'd be interested in a private Facebook community, so a private Facebook group, where we, people are part of the Create a Life That Is Beautiful community, can hang out and talk about all the different things that we're interested in and also provide you with a space to meet other people who are part of this community. If that is something that you want, that you're interested in, please could you get in touch with me to let me know and I will make that happen. Otherwise, without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. I am interviewing Miranda Mills. She is a lifestyle blogger and podcaster. She is the woman behind Miranda's Notebook and her podcast, Tea and Tattle, where she interviews successful creative women. I absolutely adore Miranda's blog, podcast, and her Instagram. She takes beautiful photographs, lots of flowers, lots of beautiful delights around London and the countryside here in England. And most of all, for me, capturing the beautiful things in life, including literature, which is a really big influence on Miranda's podcast and also her blog. It's so wonderful to see how she has incorporated all of these different lifestyle things with her creativity and with her literary background and interests. I absolutely love Miranda's voice. She's got a really authentic voice to her and I think she's a wonderful example for you listening of someone who is really just being herself. Now, today's episode, there are so many juicy topics that we're exploring, but we'll be talking about podcasts, about feeling you can only be creative in one way and what creativity really means. We'll be talking about having a serious career versus a creative career, generally creative fulfillment and how important it is for our overall fulfillment. She'll be talking about blogging, writing and photography, evolving your craft, refining your skills, dealing with comparison, overwhelm and perfectionism, protecting your creative drive, self-care, how Miranda made the shift from her life as a teacher to what she does today now as a lifestyle blogger and podcaster. We'll also be talking about trusting yourself, whether or not you need a niche and Miranda's advice, of course, for finding purpose. This is a really inspiring conversation and I'm so excited for you to dive in and listen to it. One more announcement before we dive in is that if you haven't already checked it out, I now also have a YouTube channel which does include these episodes, but what it includes that you won't find anywhere else are five to 10 minute videos where I will be answering a specific question or concern that I'm hearing from you listening, the people in my community. And so I'm answering that for you in these videos. So go over there and check it out if that's something that sounds supportive for you and share with me which videos you're enjoying most so that I can continue to support you in the best way possible. Okay, my beautiful friend, let's dive into this episode. Get prepared to be inspired. Miranda Mills, here we go. Hi, Miranda. Welcome to the show. 
Oh, hi, Letitia. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to chat to you. It's great to chat to you as well. So to get us started, could you let our beautiful listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you're currently creating in the world today? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Miranda and I write a lifestyle blog called Miranda's Notebook. And I also host a podcast called Tea and Tattle that celebrates female creativity. I always say it's a podcast for creative females with a literary twist because I do talk about books quite a lot on the podcast. Reading is a real passion of mine and I interview lots of authors on it as well. Um, But yes, and I also do some freelance writing and content creation for brands and creative businesses. So that in summary is basically what I do. Mm. Oh, I love that you say celebrates female creativity. I think that's a really beautiful way to put it and that it has that literary spin. I know how much you enjoy reading and, you know, writing. So that's beautiful. And, you know, your um, your blog Miranda's Notebook, did you want to just um, tell us a little bit more about what you, you know, sort of write about there? Yeah, so it is a real general lifestyle blog. I cover London, sort of restaurants and cafes that I like. I do a bit of style and beauty. I do travel. I do books. It really is a little bit of a mix of everything, but I feel that's very reflective of who I am Mm -hmm. as a person because I think it would be hard for me to write a very niche subject because I'm interested in so many different things. So I love writing about culture and food and travel and fashion. And my blog just gives me the freedom to do that. So I really enjoy that about it. That's a beautiful answer. I think such a wonderful example for people because, you know, sometimes we can start these things and think like that we really need to, you know, find our specific topic that we're talking about. But, you know, there has to be room for that growth because, you know, as we evolve, so is what we're creating and especially what we're writing about. Absolutely. I mean, a niche blog really works for some people there are so many great niche blogs out there but I feel that the lifestyle category is almost a niche in itself now Mm. and you can really do a lot with that and there's just so many opportunities actually that come through from writing about a lot of different subjects Mm. so that's something that I really enjoy but in the end it's also just my interest it's what I like to write about it's what I actually do and that's always important to me it's just really being authentic to who I am as a person oh I love that that's beautiful and so Miranda tell us how did you get into you know starting your blog and doing the podcast what was life like before you began all of that Oh my goodness. Well, I had such a roundabout journey (laughs) to get to where I am today. And I would say that I'm definitely still on that journey as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so much more I want to do and I'm still growing. But I think the common thread that's run through my life always been very creative the very first career I ever wanted was to be a ballerina and I did so much ballet when I was young I was really dedicated to it I think I did at least 21 hours training a week and it was what I absolutely loved and I couldn't imagine my life without it but then when I was 15 I got a really bad knee injury 
and I had to give up ballet. And I think that was quite a hard transition for me because although I loved other things like writing and reading and I was also very academic, I think I just lost that feeling of being a really creative person or I only saw myself as being creative in one way. So I spent a long time after that trying to figure out what I wanted to do, really trying to fit myself into a typical career path. I mean, I studied linguistics at university, but then I did a law conversion course because I just thought that would be a really practical thing to do. <laughs> I know that you come from a law background as well, yeah. but I really didn't enjoy it at all. And I remember going to these corporate law offices and just thinking when I was interviewing and just thinking, what am I doing here? This feels so not me. So then I spent some time really trying to decide what actually was me. I did a bit of work in publishing. I tried sort of museum internships. And then I wound up going into teaching, which... Um, at first, I did enjoy it, but I would say that it wasn't as creative a job as I had expected it to be. I went into primary school teaching, so I thought it would be sort of very creative and very fulfilling. And although I loved working with children and I did find that part of the job really fulfilling, it still felt like something was really missing from my life. And I remember I had such a pivotal moment. It was in my first year of teaching full-time and um, I had a boyfriend at that time and I just suddenly, I remember thinking one day, oh my goodness, this is going to be my life. Like I'm a teacher. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was a lot more interested in settling down, getting married, that type of thing than I was. And I just thought, this is going to be my life. I, could, I can get married, have kids and be a teacher. And although I'm, I'm not saying that isn't a great life, it is. But to me in that moment, I was just terrified by that idea. And I just thought there has to be more. And this just doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel like I'm living the life I'm meant to be living. Mm. So I had to be really reflective at that point. And I realized that what I had always come back to throughout my sort of early to mid 20s was blogging. Like I'd first started a blog, I think when I was 21, but I was so sporadic with it. I hardly ever did it that, I mean, I barely grew an audience. It was, you know, it wasn't anything particularly important, but I realized it was what I came back to in times of stress or at times where I just felt I needed a creative outlet. And it was kind of that day that I decided next year I'm going to drop to teaching part-time. I'm going to really pursue blogging more seriously. I'm going to start a proper blog and I'm just going to see what happens. So that's the story of how I started Miranda's Notebook. And then from there, the podcast just felt like a really natural extension. I've always loved listening to podcasts and I really wanted to do my own one. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try it. And I'm so glad I did because I love it. Mm. And what do you think is the best thing about having a podcast? 
Well, I think it's just a much more intimate way mm. to sort of converse with your followers. I think that people get much more of a feeling of who you really are when they can listen to your voice. Mm. So although I love writing, podcasting just feels like a more immediate way to communicate. Mm. And I also just love getting to meet and to talk to lots of different creative women. I mean, I knew from the start that I wanted to use the podcast to really celebrate female creativity. And I, I started Tea and Tattle almost two years ago now. Mm. And that was just very important to me right from the beginning. I've always believed in supporting other women, helping to uplift other women. And I love being able to do that through the podcast. So it's just a real joy to me. It's such a great way to connect people as well, you know, your community with the people who, you know, you've connected with or you've read their books or their work or they've inspired you in some way. It's a, you know, they're all expanders for you and for your community. Exactly. I mean, I always get so excited when a tea and tattle listener gets in touch and they say how much they enjoyed the latest episode and how they went out and they bought the book for instance um, of the author that I've had on the show and that they've really enjoyed it and I think it that does really help build trust with your audience too when they follow along and they also enjoy the content that you're promoting the sort of people that you're saying inspire you and can inspire others which I think is really wonderful Absolutely. And it's so interesting because, you know, the way that we connected was through Jess Lively going to one of her meetups. And that's right. Yes. Yeah, so we were both listening to, you know, her podcast at the time. And I think this was, you, you were listening to her work maybe before she went into all of the flow work, you know, the original Jess. That's how I sort of found her work as well. And then, you know, continued listening along, but it's just so beautiful to see how, um, you know, that's a, that's a really great example of how it can connect, you know, people within your community as well with each other. Exactly. I think that is really wonderful. I think that's always a wonderful thing about podcasting or blogging or Instagram or YouTube. I mean, whatever medium you really choose mm. to explore, there's always a way to really build a community around what you do and to connect with other people. And that's such a huge advantage of social media. Absolutely. And so I wanted to just go back to something you mentioned in the beginning of your story, which was this, you know, feeling like you could only be creative in one way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was through, you know, the dancing. And I think that this is a big one for a lot of people because, you know, when especially the way that we learn about creativity, you know, growing up through school. There's different, um, you know, channels of that. You know, there's our art, maybe it's creative writing, like maybe we don't even see it as, you know, one of the things I like to use as an example is when um, when I was in high school, I loved writing essays um, mm -hmm. on, you know, 19th century literature, exploring the context, the interpretation of it. I loved that. But when it came to creative writing, the creative writing piece in my exams, I always felt blocked doing that. So I thought that I just wasn't a creative person because the, mm. my, the way that I could creatively express myself was in a different way to what I thought 
creativity at its core was, which was like, you know, drama, art, this creative writing, maybe dancing, but I wasn't interested in any of this. And so for me, a big part of my own journey as well has been exploring creativity. How do you define creativity? I think it's such a loose term. I Mm. truly believe that everyone, and I mean everyone, is creative. It's just they need to discover in which way they actually are creative. But I think anyone who loves cooking is creative. You know, you're creating something from that every day. Anyone who loves writing, but photography, there are just so many ways to be creative. I mean, my dad is a physicist and he's incredibly creative. You know, he has to think up answers to questions that don't even exist yet in a way. Um, (laughs) He has to make all sorts of creative predictions about the world. And so I think that truly everyone is creative. But I think it's so true that normally the definition of creativity is very narrow. You're taught that you can only be creative in certain ways. And also often I think people feel that, oh, it's fine to do dance or writing or have those interests when you're young. But once you hit adulthood, that stops and it's like, okay, you know, now you've got to do something serious. That's so funny that the word that came into my mind just before you said it was serious, you know, and even so you might have maybe an extracurricular activity that's your creative outlet, but then, you know, the core is something that's serious or that's something that you feel like we we need to have as adults. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think actually what's so harming is when you don't, find an outlet for your creativity that is truly innate. I mean, I can see that from having been a primary school teacher. Everyone is born wanting to create something Mm -hmm. and with a really lively imagination. And I think it's so sad that so often that doesn't get carried on to adulthood or only if you're really, really lucky or brave enough to, you know, really take that step to doing something different. Mm, absolutely because it's asking you to trust in something that's you know unknown in a lot of ways something that you can't necessarily predict or control exactly but I think I mean the blogging boom you know this evolution of social media has been amazing for so many people because it's showing so many how they can be creative and all these different kinds of ways I mean, for me, for instance, I love writing, but I also really adore photography. Mm. And I often felt before blogging really came along, there was this idea that if you're a really good writer, then you're not maybe a very visual person or that the two don't always combine. Whereas for me, my photography is just as important to me as the written content that I put on my blog. Like I like both to be as amazing as possible. And I love expressing my creative vision through both of those ways, both through writing and photography. And I love the way that blogging has really shown that those things are very important and that people in general are actually very visual creatures. 
Oh, that's a great example. And also uh, that just reminds me, you know, I love your Instagram uh, feed, your posts. Oh, they're so you. beautiful, like so beautifully curated. Your photos are gorgeous. And, you know, the, and of course also the posts that you write with them, they really complement each other. But I, I love that you, you gave that as an example because I think that's right. You, we, we can easily categorize ourselves as only one and not the other. And uh, what I think also this the whole blogging boom has done is meant people who don't consider them as you know a plus writers or you know professional photographers are still able to have a go and and enjoy the you know creative expression that's involved in that rather than the I need to be the best at this uh, before I could even put myself out there you know um, and invest all this time and energy into this it's just there's there's a a, a playfulness there and exactly. The, and at yeah, the same was, time, allowing yourself to be, you know, connected with all these people. Yeah, I was just going to say the exact same thing. I think there's this real sense of play, of fun, of freedom that goes into what you can do with your Instagram account, for instance. And I absolutely do love that. I mean, I'm in no way a professional photographer, um, but I do now get paid for some of my photography, which feels amazing. And I've and I've seen how my skills have grown so much over the years, just from having that freedom to practice and to also just start trusting in myself and my own vision. And I don't think I ever would have done that without blogging and without Instagram Mm. oh I love that you mentioned trust there I think that's a really big uh, part of the process with creativity could we just uh, talk about maybe you know the evolution of you know blogging and and podcasting what you've learned since you know beginning both Miranda's Notebook and Tea and Tattle Yes, well, I mean, speaking of my personal evolution, I think something that I've really learnt along this path is that you should always be evolving. I think at the beginning, I used to be scared of making changes or if I felt I had to change something or stop doing one thing that I felt wasn't working very well, that I'd failed in some way that I'd misjudged a step or that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have to change if I were already doing it the way it's supposed to be done. But over the years, what I've learned is that actually that's just a sign of growth and of your own personal, but also professional evolvement really is that you do have to continually readjust, reevaluate, look at what's working, what isn't working, If you get excited by something like podcasting or video, pay attention to that. Think about how you can bring that into your brand and always, always, always try to up the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I always try to improve my photography. I've worked so hard uh, over that over the last few years. I always try to improve my writing. I think about how I can make my podcast interviews better. So, Learning to just naturally evolve your work and tweak things all the time is actually really important. And it's not something to be scared about either. Mm. And that the word you use there, tweak, I think is really important because sometimes it is just these really small shifts. And when we're constantly 
continuing to grow and evolve, you know, all of these little shifts that we do end up bringing about like some pretty significant growth and, and changes and improvement on whatever we're doing, you know, we're perfecting our craft. Yes, exactly. And I think it's, it's just so important to realize, don't be scared of change. Change is a good thing. And it will lead to growth, it will lead you to becoming aware of other aspects that of social media, for instance, that you really enjoy, or ways that you can just improve your content to provide more value, because that's always what I want to do. I want to give people as much value as possible as I can from what I create. Mm -hmm. And I have to consistently change things. I mean, social media, it's such a changing world. It's such a changing platform. Things change all the time. And if you don't want your content or your brand to feel a little bit stale, then you do need to adapt while still keeping to your common threads, your common themes, your common values. That's such wonderful advice, especially like that this focus on value for your community, whoever you're trying to serve. I think that going in with that intention behind whatever you're doing is really, really important. How can you provide more value to whoever your audience is? And the point that you made about um, needing to, for our own fulfillment, needing to keep changing and growing and evolving is also really key. Exactly. Because I mean, it can be hard, you know, it is a tough world, you can feel discouraged if you Mm. think your numbers aren't going up enough, or you're not getting enough views or whatever, whatever you're comparing yourself to. And it's it's human too to compare sometimes to also feel down sometimes. And I think what keeps me sane is really thinking about but all the time I'm improving my skills. And that in the end is what no one can take away from me. And that is what is really, really important. Like I've, I've so much improved my photography skills, my writing. I now know how to record and edit podcasts, which I didn't two years ago. So I think it's when you can really track your self growth, your self improvement, and these skills that you develop, that you can remember to feel proud of yourself and the work that you're doing. Oh, that's yes, yes, absolutely. And it's like, I'm just thinking when I, I used to go to the gym when I started, you know, getting into my exercise routine and I was sort of on this program and I got to every single day, write down, you know, what was the weight I was lifting, how many reps I was doing or whatever it was. And then the next week I would try and, you know, build on that. And what I found so key to me to staying on track with that, you know, workout program was the ability to track my progress and to see myself growing. And that gave me the momentum to continue going. And then, you know, if I had have looked back to where I started, it would, it was massive by the time I finished the program, but that that's a really beautiful uh, way I think to bring this into our creative projects or, you know, just life in general, really being able to look back at where we've come from and, and celebrating, seeing, seeing that growth there. That's so important to keeping us, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. I think there's too much emphasis sometimes on only using numbers, you know, number of followers, for instance, to track your growth. Whereas, in fact, like you say, what's really important to track and to remember is actually your own growth and the level of skill 
that you start to possess. I mean, whenever I feel a bit down about Instagram or whatever, I go back and I look at my really old photos on Instagram and I think, oh, but I've improved like so much since then. (laughs) And you have to remember that sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And so do you think when it comes to dealing with comparison on, you know, social media in particular, that this focus on, okay, well, what is my next step? How am I improving? Has that been what's been key for you not being sort of overwhelmed by the comparison trap that a lot of people talk about? And, you know, is um, is definitely something that we all sort of notice from time to time. Absolutely. I mean, yes, like you say, I think everyone um, compares themselves to someone else sometimes. That's only natural. But how to stop feelings of overwhelm, at least for me, what I found really helpful is, like you say, um, thinking about the way I've improved my own skills and feeling proud of that achievement. And also, going back to the content, I'm really of the mindset that content is king. Mm. And I can feel, as long as I can feel good about the work that I'm doing and think, well, at every step, I've done my very best. And that is all I can do. And actually, I'm proud of the work that I'm putting out there. I think that is what really helps. And in the end, that's what makes good opportunities come your way is if you always put the focus on just delivering quality content. Um, That in the end is what really matters more than the numbers even. It's how good your content is and how consistent you are with it. Mm, Consistency, yes, so important. How do you deal then with, you know, like perfectionism? Well, that's that is always hard for me. I've always been a bit of a perfectionist. I think a lot of people who go into this type of thing often are because mm-hmm. it's a topic of conversation that crops up a lot uh, with me and with people that I know working within social media. So that is a real problem. I think for me, I have to remember to just not be too hard on myself. That's definitely one of my biggest faults. I can be too self-critical. And I think especially when you're trying to pursue a goal or career that is a little bit out of the ordinary, in the end, you have to learn to just really trust and rely on your own judgment. So you've got to think... I'm doing the best that I can right now. And actually, I do know what is good for me. I have to rely on my own opinion. And if things don't go perfectly, well, nothing ever does. I mean, perfection really is a mirage. It's a fantasy. It doesn't exist. Mm. So you have to understand that. And if you can think, but I'm doing my best. This is a learning curve. It's a journey that I'm on. I am going to make mistakes, but I can always learn from them. And that's just what I really try to hold on to. And also, if I sense that I'm getting particularly negative or beating myself up too much, I'm getting into that kind of negative spiral I've learned that that's often just a sign of something else, like that I need more rest or maybe I'm just a little bit bored of one project I'm doing at the moment. I need to shift my focus somewhere else and just feel that fire again and then go back to concentrating on that other thing. So I think it's it's learning what 
triggers you and how to deal with that and come out of that. Oh, that's great advice. So true. Sometimes we just need to, you know, have our perspective sort of shifted slightly. And it's so funny, you know, one evening you might look at something and think, you know, this is the worst thing I've ever created. And then go back to it in even just the next day and be like, you know, this isn't so bad at all. This is actually really good. It's 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 actually incredible <laughs> the yeah. shifts that we can have within ourselves in such a short amount of time. Oh, that's so true. And I, I've found another tool that's really helpful for me. Sometimes at the end of the day, I can feel like, oh, what have I accomplished today? Or I didn't do this right. I didn't do that well enough. I didn't get enough done, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll actually write down what I did accomplish in the day, what I am most grateful for from that day, what went well, what maybe I could improve on. And I find that such a calming exercise. And it's amazing to me how often I forget the positives that happen during the day and I only remember the negative things. And then that's all I'm telling myself is those negative things, which is really bad to do that. So I think making this conscious decision to sit down and think, no, wait a minute, what were all the positives that happened today? And then you realize how many positive things did happen. Yes, it's so incredible the way we forget all of those things and just focus on the negative. I experience the same thing. And, and like you, I like to do this sort of evening review as well. And I, I think that, you know, we, we need to be able to celebrate. We need to be able to recognize uh, and appreciate all the things that we have had that have been, you know, to our advantage that we have been, you know, uh, producing before we can really allow space for, you know, the growth or for the next um, iteration of whatever it is we're doing because otherwise we are really coming from this you know, uh, scarcity mindset. And, and so mm. all we can see are all the issues, all the problems we can't see. We're not making space for you know, what the solution is like to move forward. Exactly. And I think, like you say, having that scarcity mindset is so bad for creativity it just drains you of your own creativity when you have that kind of mindset so I think it's so important when that starts happening that you recognize it and that you have your own solutions to deal with that and then just come out the other side know how to fire yourself up again Mm, absolutely. And like you said before, you know, sometimes it can be just a matter of, you know, needing rest, you know, not having a lot of um, feeling like you don't have a lot of space in your life. Maybe you've just, you know, you haven't been able to, you know, get out and move or, um, you know, you haven't been eating healthily. You know, there's all these other yeah. things that, you know, are sort of creating our foundation <laughs> to be exactly. able to feel like we have the space. And I mean, that can be hard to do. I mean, you're an entrepreneur yourself, you're running your own business. I know how that's so stressful mm -hmm. and it can be easy to just work all the time and forget that actually your number one priority, and this is what I have to remind myself all the time too, your number one priority should be you, not your business, because your business doesn't work if you don't. Yes, this is something I've had to... Um, 
I guess, recenter on <laughs> recently yeah. because um, so I, I love working, especially because I actually love what I do now. But even yeah. when I in my previous jobs as a lawyer, as a consultant, I always worked hard because I, I enjoy working. I, it energizes me generally. Um, and so now that I'm doing, you know, what I love and I'm so inspired by it all, I find it really difficult to stop. And mm-hmm. I've had to really make that a, I've had to be really disciplined on myself, you know, no, you know, no working after a certain time. This is when I need to wind down. Um, and yeah. this is particularly difficult because I tend to get a lot of my creative downloads in the evening. So I really mm-hmm. love, like, I love the late hours of the evening to be working, but then if I work too late, um, that, you know, obviously I can't wind down for my sleep. And then the next day is affected because you know, you can't, you can't buy back your sleeping time. You, you need to have a certain amount of sleep each day. Um, I find I just cannot function properly. So being really disciplined uh, when it comes to the amount of, just the amount of sleep I'm getting. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, getting outside to go for a walk at least, you know, even if it's just for 20 minutes, half an hour each day, all of these like baseline things I've been um, really noticing just how important it is for me to maybe do at the beginning of my day. Otherwise I know that, um, I sort of just get real, I'm so in the process of creating and I don't want to stop. So Mm. yeah, that, that's a, that's a constant sort of battle for me as well at the moment that I'm really noticing. And one of my intentions the last couple of, um, months has been, you know, health first, health first. Oh, I know. It's it's so important. I mean, like I said, I think self-care always needs to be the number one priority because without that, nothing else will work. And yet it's incredible how hard it is to accept that and then also to act on it. I don't know if it's particularly women who find it hard to feel like they are allowed to put themselves and their health first um but that's something that I really struggle with too but I've come to realize how important it is and I am really trying I I have the same intention at the moment Mm, good so Miranda I'd love to just go back to that moment when you made the shift to you know the part-time you decided to go part-time with your teaching and pursue really pursue this blogging that decision for you at that time um how did how did you know that that was the right next move for you I just knew it I think sometimes in life you do just get these flashes of inspiration when you just know what that next step should be and I just really felt it within me. And like I said, I was just, I was more scared um, by this very traditional path that I was thinking my life would go in. Not to say that that would be a wrong path in any way or that it wouldn't be, you know, a great life um, because it would. But I know that, you know, I'm unique in my own way. I'm different from other people what I found more scary than the idea of being alone or even being without a sort of stable job was the idea of of doing something that didn't really light me up that didn't sort of really fulfill me which is always what I want from my life and it just came to me that 
blogging that had always been what had cheered me up in the past I knew I wanted to do something more creative I knew I wanted to try to work for myself and to have that kind of freedom to explore my own ideas I knew I loved photography and all of that just really came together and I just sort of instinctively knew that that was what I wanted at least at that stage you know that was the path that I needed to try and did, did things flow for you or unfold in um, like comparing it to, you know, your teaching career, your blogging career to your teaching career? If you compare the two, did things unfold or flow differently when you're doing the blogging than what they did during the teaching I think so. I mean, for me, blogging, I just loved it so much right from the start. And although I liked teaching, it just didn't fire me up in the same way. I think I'd always been used to just working hard, um, doing my best to do well, and just kind of enjoying the reward of feeling that I was working hard and, and, you know, doing getting that next step, you know, these next steps that you're meant to achieve and achieving them. Um, Blogging is different because, you know, there's no blueprint, there's no plan Mm -hmm. to exactly how to get to where you want to be. You've got to try and figure it out for yourself. But I mean, right from the beginning, in order to blog, I blogged pretty much every day when I first started. And in order to do that, I had to get up at 5am every day. I would write before I'd go into teaching um, and I would work in the evenings, I'd edit photos, I worked so hard um, that first real year and a half and but I loved it. I think if I was doing something I didn't love it would not flow at all, it wouldn't have worked, it wouldn't have kept it up Um, but actually it was what was keeping me sane. Mm. So that is what makes the difference. It was doing something that I found really, really fulfilling and that helped me in all other areas of my life. Mm. Oh, I love that. It was keeping you sane. Yeah. And when you made the decision to go part-time, was there also, uh, you know, I'm assuming that there was a part of you that was also scared to let go of this, you know, more secure um, old, you know, identity um, is, was that something that you experienced? It was a little bit, but to be honest, I was just more scared of winding up, you know, 10 years down the line <laughs> and then thinking, what have I done with my life? Or actually, this this isn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think I was 28 when I started the blog okay. and I just had this feeling like I, I need to do it now. Now is the time to try. If I am going to try, then I want it to be now. I don't want to have regret down the line that scared me more in the end yeah so your your fear um that that outweighed the fear of you know the unknown exactly but I mean it was also nice to know that I was a qualified teacher if I needed to (laughs) I could go back to that Um, I'm not saying I didn't have a backup plan but I just felt I needed to try and to to see if I did actually enjoy it Mm. That's lovely. I just wanted to, you know, dive into that there because a lot of people, you know, who listen to this podcast and who are are in my community uh, really wonder when they're in that exact situation, you know, how they know when it's 
the time to, you know, trust and, and, and go into whatever that next chapter is. And I think that what you've just described of your own journey, when that fear of like the situation you're currently in is, you know, so much greater than that fear of the unknown, then that's a really great indication. And that's um, the exact same turning point that I experienced on my own journey. Yeah, exactly. And also I would always say to people, I mean, it's best if you don't have to completely give up everything and don't just like dive into the deep end, you know, like I was, I was still teaching when I started the blog, I just lessened my hours a bit. So I had more time. So I think that lessens fear too, you know, if you can somehow work out a way that you're still having some, you know, regular income coming in, maybe you just need to take a cut um, for a while, but that can lessen the fear too. Absolutely. And so Miranda, is there any advice that you would give to, you know, your younger self reflecting on everything that you know today? And obviously you wouldn't change anything because you wouldn't be where you are right now. But if there was something you could give maybe, I don't know, 18 year old Miranda, (laughs) what advice would you give her? Well, my number one (laughs) advice uh, would be to trust your instinct. Mm. I mean, too often throughout my 20s, I didn't trust my own instincts about the work that I wanted to do or about other people. But I would say that in the past two years, I'm, I'm 31 now, I've learned so much more about having faith in myself and also confidence in my own judgment about things. And that's been really life changing in a way, just really learning to trust yourself, to trust those gut in- instincts. That's so important. Absolutely. And I think that's a really important one for women as well, um, learning to trust themselves. And especially, I love that you use the word judgment, you know, mm. that, that you get to decide, you know, you get to decide, use and, and be, to be drawing on, you know, that body intelligence, you know, the gut instinct and just, you know, you, sometimes you just know, but you can't explain why logically. Well, exactly. And I think anyone will understand anyone who's trying to do a bit of an unconventional thing and take a bit of an unconventional career path you can come up against a lot of disapproval a lot of judgment about that at the very beginning I was really lucky in that I had really supportive family but certainly a lot of my friends weren't very supportive when I first started blogging they just didn't understand it I think they thought I was completely crazy (laughs) Um, which is fair enough (laughs) however you have to learn to not listen to those opinions you have to learn to trust yourself I'm not saying don't trust an expert's advice Um, I would you know I always am appreciative of people who really know what they're talking about um, in, in the area that you're interested in you know trust what they say listen to that kind of advice but for people who don't really know about what you're trying to do you don't have to listen to them and you really do need to tune in to what you think is best and pay attention to that Mm, absolutely and especially you know looking at who is giving the advice you know what sort of if there's someone who's you know not 
obviously creatively fulfilled in whatever they're doing and you want to move into something that's really creative and that's that's your driver then they're, they're not going to understand um, what you exactly what you want so not the per- best person to give advice and also of course if they're you know um, not enjoying what they do at all don't listen to that person either so I think that's a real you know just having discretion about who's giving the advice and then even if it is an expert you know that's um that's you collect that information and that data and um but if you still are getting you know some really deep calling to do to do things differently then Mm. I think you've always got to go with with your gut oh absolutely that is so important I mean especially when I first started blogging I think so much of the advice was to go really niche and I just didn't want to do that you know I really really didn't want to do that and I thought you know if I feel this strongly about it then it's not right for me and I'm so glad I didn't I'm so glad I didn't listen Mm. to that kind of advice at the time oh yes you've inspired me with that as well (laughs) I've got to say because uh, that's something I've struggled with as well and actually I've just I don't know if you're familiar with this but I've been getting into human design and I'm a manifesting generator yeah it's it's this really it's a really fascinating um system but basically it gives you your blueprint and there's I think there's four different types no five different types and I'm a manifesting generator and one of the things about those is that um, you know we have a lot of different interests and so they're saying Mm. you know it's better to just continue exploring all of those interests don't um, force yourself don't pigeonhole yourself into anything and Mm -hmm. so I've just been feeling so validated with that because I, um, I yeah I'm someone that like you has so many different interests and it doesn't feel right excluding any of them no I really I really don't think it is you know if that's part of your personality then you definitely need to embrace it it's so hard to stand out online you know it is such an overcrowded Mm. platform and I genuinely believe that the only way you can really stand out really actually build a committed audience is if you truly embrace what makes you unique because we are all unique in our own way. We, we all have our own voice. We all have our own things to say. And there is space for everyone. But you're not going to get there by copying anybody else. You really have to embrace what makes you, you. And then that's what's going to make you stand out from the crowd. Mm, that's such beautiful advice. And is there any advice that you'd give to someone who's maybe listening to this and is thinking, you know, I really want to find, you know, my passion like Miranda, you know, I really want to find that whatever that is for me. Is there any advice that you'd give to that person about how they might get started? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is something you've talked about on your podcast in the past but I really believe in this advice and that's to think back to what you loved doing as a child Mm. you know what did you do in your free time what just gave you that real feeling of joy I mean I loved writing but I loved uh, letter writing as well as creative writing I think I had about 17 pen pals at one point that I wrote to which really reminds me of blogging now you know because I think of blogging as a bit like a letter out into the world and I loved listening to audiobooks and I loved reading and I think it's no coincidence that I wanted to do a podcast um 
down the line so I'd say you know really go back to your childhood what did you enjoy then and I said think about what really lights you up now because I think we don't often zone in enough into what truly makes us happy and I think it's really important to think about that think about when you're happiest and why are you happiest then? What do you really love to do? And even if you don't maybe know the answer to that question yet, think about what makes you curious. Mm. What, you know, what just sparks that little bit of curiosity in you that you think, actually, I want to just pursue that a little bit more. I want to try to go further with that. Also think about what you envy in other people. Mm. I think Gretchen Rubin gives this advice and I love her. I love her podcast. And I think it's so true. Um, if you do have a feeling of envy sometimes, if you look at someone you think, I want that life or I want to be able to do what they're doing, or you just do feel a little spark of envy, think why, you know, what is it about them or about their life that you want? And how can you then make that happen? Oh. That's that's a fantastic. They're, they're all great. Everything you said, and I. But I think that last piece we haven't spoken about that at all, and that's such an important point. Who inspires you, and why? Asking that why question, getting curious. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even I mean, envy isn't a very nice emotion, mm. but sometimes that crops up, and I think you need to pay attention. You know, it's not very nice to feel envious of other people. So if you do envy something think well, is there something lacking in your life or in yourself that you want and then think about how you can create that yourself yes well I always believe that people are mirrors for us and so those people who are triggering those maybe negative feelings they're the best teachers for us I think so we get a lot of like advice to just just unfollow this person just you know block this person out of your life they make you feel bad they're making you feel mm -hmm. jealous or whatever but I believe that we should lean into that and, and mm -hmm. ask and definitely be asking those questions about why that's happening because yeah, I do believe that they are our greatest teachers, actually. And it's just letting us know that there's something within us that they're mm -hmm. bringing out that we really need to pay attention to. Absolutely. I so agree with that. I always think people's reactions to a person say more about that person than, you know, the one they're reacting to. So if you're reacting in a certain way, if there are certain triggers that just set you off with feelings of envy or depression or, or just like not being good enough or, or something, then I would say, yeah, don't ignore that. Think why, you know, why am I feeling like this? What is it that that person has that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable or that makes me feel a bit envious? What does it say about me and how can I solve that? I love that. And without comparing yourself, you know, without feeling like you've got to, you know, you're not good enough or you've got to be them. No, exactly. Um, you know, you do need to embrace what is unique about you, but other people are out there to teach you more about yourself. I think it's so important if you're going into doing your own business or your own creative project, the best thing you can do is get to know yourself really well, mm -hmm. because I think you do have all the answers. 
Yes, yes, yes. Even if that sounds a bit cliched, I do I do believe that. No, I believe well I think, you know, for most people they're looking outside themselves for most of their life and that's how we get into this situation where we're not doing what we really love. And mm. so it always is this turning back within, you know, like you said, what did I love doing as a child? What do mm-hmm. I actually enjoy doing now? You know, a lot of us aren't even connected with what that is because we don't give ourselves the time and space to explore these mm. curiosities and what we love and what we actually what brings us joy because it's not serious enough you know we're not we've got to get to work and so I think everything that you've just said there is a really wonderful way for people to get started so thank you thank you so much for giving us that advice Oh, no, thank you. And so we've spoken a lot throughout this because, you know, appreciating the little things in life and what brings you joy is a big part of, um, you know, your focus in your day to day and also how you show up online. But I'd love to know, you know, what are you really loving at the moment? Um, So sort of outside of the work that I do. Yep. I am really loving yoga right now. Um, Like I mentioned before, it's a real intention. It's a real goal of mine at the moment to take care of myself a little bit better. And you know how they say that when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears? Yes. And I've just discovered the most amazing yoga teacher. Like I've dabbled in yoga on and off over the years, but I never really got into it. Um, but I've just discovered these classes and the teacher is amazing. And I just adore her classes and they're just really lighting me up at the moment and making me feel so much better. So I'm absolutely loving yoga right now. Mm. Um I've always loved reading. That's a way that I've always used to calm my mind down and also just to get fresh ideas. I often find I'm so creatively inspired after reading a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. There's often something that will just spark a little idea in my mind. So I absolutely love that about reading and I just find it very soothing I always read at night Um, I'm a very difficult sleeper so I find reading really helps to get me to unwind and relax and get ready for bed but to be honest what I do I mean my work comes into so much of my free time as well which I don't mind because I I do love it and it does overlap a bit with play too I mean like I, I love researching possible guests to have on my podcast I love reading books that publishers send me I've been doing a lot of um, theatre reviews at the moment so I've been given a lot of tickets for shows in London you know that's been amazing and it's felt really fun so that's amazing when work can can sort of feel like play too Absolutely. And so Miranda what are there any rituals that you use to you know tune in on a regular basis? Um, so it would like tune into my intuition or yeah, tune into your intuition or just tune into, to you, you know, sort of shut off the outside world. Well, meditation is definitely something that I love to do. I really enjoy Gabrielle um, Bernstein's books Mm -hmm. and her sort of content online. I know you're a fan of hers as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think she's amazing and I really like her guided meditation albums that I have on iTunes and 
they're often directed to maybe a particular area of concern or a particular time of day, her guided meditations. So I'll often choose one of those, just whichever feels the most relevant. Mm. But I also really like her videos. I think she's she's the main source of meditation inspiration for me and I always feel better when I make time to meditate so that's a goal of mine is to try and make it more of a daily practice um but also physical exercise is really important Mm -hmm. to me I mean like I said I did ballet when I was young um movement physical movement has always been a part of who I am and it's really important and um, I had a neck injury last year I had to stop exercising for a while and I just didn't feel like myself Mm. at all so that's something I'm really building up again and it just makes me feel so much better and I think it's really great to have something like that where you can set different goals for yourself that have like nothing to do with your own creative business or with Instagram or anything like (laughs) that it's just something completely separate that you can enjoy and you can still enjoy getting better at. To me, that is really helpful. Mm-hmm. And it just takes me out of my head as well. Yeah, yep, I and totally agree with that. I know. It's just so, it's just, oh, it really is freeing. And then the final thing that I've kind of mentioned before But it's just learning to pick up on those little warning signals. You know, I think really tuning in to when something starts going a bit wrong. Like if you're starting to feel too tired or you're starting to, you know, talk about yourself negatively or feel you're not doing enough, then it's being aware that that's just a warning of something going a bit wrong, like probably needing more rest. Mm -hmm. So it's being just more self-aware I think in that way and listening to that and thinking I'm only thinking these thoughts because I'm actually just a bit tired Mm -hmm. and I need to take a bit of a break you know that's all that's going wrong here oh yes that's great advice absolutely just giving yourself a bit of space from whatever you're doing exactly oh so you've given us so much wonderful advice throughout this thank you so much Miranda the final question that I'd love to know and that I always ask is you know what's in store for you for you know you know the rest of 2018 or just in the foreseeable future as far as you know Yeah, um, well, there are a couple projects that I'll be really working on throughout the rest of the summer. I'm getting my first product ready. So it's it's taken me ages to decide on any kind of product because I really wanted to get it right. I really wanted it to just be something that felt right to me that I felt fitted with my sort of brand as well. So, but now I've had the idea, I'm really excited about it, but I just, I need to write it now. I need to really get started on it now, but I'm really excited to, to do that, um, this summer. And then I'm also sort of building a bit more of a like professional website for myself where I am going to start offering some services, um, I've been casually helping people with their blogs and, and so on, on and off um, for a while. But I'd really like to offer some one-to-one mentoring, especially for micro-influencers and small businesses. I really want to help micro-influencers understand that they are important. 
within social media um, that brands do want to work with them, but also how to really be authentic with your brand and how to get those steps into place that you can then really build on. Um, so I'm really excited about that as well. But other than that, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm really looking forward to this second half of the year. I love that. I think, you know, your the the product that you've got in store, you know, whatever that is, I'm sure it's going to be of such service to your community. And I think, you know, I couldn't think of a better person to offer this one-to-one mentoring services that you're, um, you know, going to offer, um, you know, formally at some point. So I l- can't wait to see that, you know, and your new website. That's really exciting. I'm going through a bit of a revamp at the moment myself. And it's just so nice to see, you know, the growth um, when you do these things. <laughs> even though you know they take a lot of time so oh well thank you so much for coming on Miranda you as I said have just been such you know just given us so much wonderful advice I've got lots of notes here and I can't wait to you know go back and reflect on these as well and to share this conversation with everyone so thank you so much it's such a treat to have you on the podcast and also to have you in my you know Instagram community and to be seeing you know your really inspiring posts each day so I just want you to know that you are being appreciated and that yeah I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your time with us. Oh, thank you so much for those lovely words, Letitia. That's so kind of you to say. And I've had so much fun with this conversation. Thank you for having me on. And I so admire what you do as well. You're such a positive um, inspiration to everyone else. And I think your personality just comes through as being so encouraging and warm. And you really do bring out the best in other people too. So it's been really lovely having this chat. Oh, thank you so much, Miranda. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So there it is, my friend. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Miranda. Miranda, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast again. I left this conversation feeling so inspired. I absolutely agree that when it comes to creativity, we've got to be broadening our understanding and definition of what is creative. I actually have on my YouTube channel, a video on this exact topic. And this is something we also explore in my online course, Embrace Your Feminine Essence. So I really appreciated everything that Miranda shared with us in this conversation. And I hope that this inspires you, my beautiful friend listening, to really embody whatever your message is, whatever your unique combination of skills, experience and interests is. I really, really do. Finding our authentic voice is so liberating and I absolutely believe and agree that we all have something worth sharing. So if you'd love to connect with Miranda, definitely go and check out her Instagram at Miranda's Notebook. You can also find her blog online at www.mirandasnotebook.com and her Tea and Tattle podcast at teaandtattlepodcast.com. Now, in addition to checking out my YouTube channel, Create a Life That is Beautiful TV, and letting me know whether a Facebook group is something that you'd find supportive, 
I've also got two exciting events coming up. The first is an online workshop on the 19th of August with Kelly Track, who has been on the podcast before. Kelly and I are running an online workshop that will go for two and a half hours, which will help you in sharing your message. We'll be talking about how to share it, what medium to use, how to start a podcast, how to find the right people to talk to, all of these useful practical tips that goes into it once you find out what your message is and you're ready to share it. You will be able to attend live or catch the replay, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, Those who are attending live or catching the replay, you will have the opportunity to ask us questions as well, which will be really, really valuable for you. So if you would like to purchase your spot, go to LetitiaRinge.com forward slash shop forward slash share your message. And then the other exciting opportunity to work with me in an event is I'm also running some moon ritual series, which is super exciting. So our first is going to be on the 7th of September in London. It's a two hour guided ritual that will connect you with the energy of the new moon and the beautiful Virgo energy that we will be experiencing at that time. I am running this workshop with my friend Caitlin Bookless and we're so excited excited to welcome you for those who are based in London. So come and join us and you can book your ticket at LetitiaRinge.com forward slash shop forward slash moon series. Okay, that's it. That's all the announcements for today. I hope you have a really beautiful week and I will be back here next week with another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose. Thank you so much for listening. Tag Miranda and I on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful and at Miranda's notebook and let us know what your key takeaways are from the episode. Okay, my friend. Bye.